the Sons and Daughters podcast. Discover and walk in the life that Jesus lives inside of you. Hosted by Andy and Tina Hayner, leaders of Full Speed Impact Ministry. Well, we had some really good fellowship last night for the first time in a while. Yeah, actually some people at our house. Yeah, I found a loophole a couple of weeks ago was Easter, and there was a church in one of the uh, cities here in Wisconsin that was had approached the governor's office about trying to have a an Easter service in their parking lot. And I'm not sure who they talked to, but whoever they talked to said, no, said, nope, that's against the rules. And so they started publicizing that, like how on earth could being in, in your cars car. in a parking lot uh, be against it's, the quarantine mm-hmm. rules, and uh, but then the governor, governor had to clarify that. Yeah, he clarified, and he said, "Nope, churches have three options. They can do the parking lot services as you described. They could do online services, or they could meet in groups of ten or less, um, and just have a series of." of meetings of 10 or less people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, hey, that's hey, cool. We, can, we are the church. And we we've done uh, home church for numbers of years. In fact, when I first came up to, to Madison, we were church planting pastors. Mm-hmm. And we morphed our group out of a worship service model into a network of discipleship relationships that met in homes um, and had different kinds of meetings quite, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Actually, we met... Uh, all sorts of ways. Typically, the way that you would understand, you know, we would have congregational gatherings and mm-hmm. potlucks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we varied it. Honestly, we had yeah. a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, going into this season uh, with the additional restrictions, one of the things that's been on my heart is to really hope that the church will latch on to the flexibility that's needed to right. be able to thrive. And not forsake assembling together, not forsake fellowship, um, just because it can't be in a large group with a worship band, but, you know, and a preacher, but that can uh, meet in a very small group in a uh, not very sophisticated. <laughs> no, it <laughs> but, ain't sophisticated, that's but, for sure. <laughs> but, you know, but it's it's life and uh, and it's a great encouragement to draw from. Right. Yeah. And we even incorporated some technology. Our son from in Georgia was able to <clears throat> zoom in and be, be a part of it, too. Yeah, although so, that was a, a little hassle. I've got a new <laughs> laptop that I'm trying to break in that's trying to break me. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was really it was really good. Um, we had some really good fellowship, good worship. And, uh, man, it was just nice to all be together and. Uh, it's kind of neat seeing what God's doing in Simeon's life these days. Our mm-hmm. son's name is Simeon. He's, mm-hmm. how old is he now? 21? 21. He'll be 22 in a few weeks. So. That's kind of what we wanted to focus in on today was talking about being confident in knowing what God's will mm-hmm. is for your life. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, it was really neat for Simeon because some of the things that were actually in the way of him hearing God uh, when we met together over Christmas break, he mm-hmm. was really in the throes of, I don't know which way to go. I don't know whether to complete my degree and go back to the mission field for a little time. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, he's and also had this strong desire. desire for marriage, family. And a discipleship ministry um, mm-hmm. a, 
like he, he has a vision for discipling people, but also in a trade. Right. Um, and, and, you know, kind of helping people that way. Um, he, he's had a real heart to learn a vocation mm-hmm. and to combine vocational training with outreach and discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting. There were a couple of things that, you know, in our conversation that seemed to really help him. Uh, we assured him, one, that he doesn't have to do anything to please us. Mm-hmm. We don't have expectations. <laughs> we want him to hear God to envision the life that God wants him to to live and to move forward with that. And so then we just pose the question to him, you know, now we know you're seeking God. We know you're in prayer. We know you're in his word mm-hmm. and that you want to please him. But sometimes people get themselves into this little pickle in their mind of, of uh, I'm not sure. And, that, and, and insecurity takes over, and it keeps people mm-hmm. from really being able to, to hear God, to have confidence as we should right. in making decisions. And like to go this. ahead and just do something, step out in faith. Exactly. You know, because he's a good father. And, you know, even if we do mishear or mm-hmm. misunderstand, you know, if our heart's towards him, he he's totally able to redirect us. Right. Um, and give us more understanding, and, and he's he's happy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not all about having to be right, no mistakes, and exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, you know it, it doesn't just stop when you're in college trying to decide what's right. my career path going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we were making big, big decisions right. then, and I think you know we were kind of newly behind the wheel of our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of prayer about, uh, you know, who should I marry, which career path? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if I prayed that much about who I should marry once I met you. <laughs> once I met you, it was like, oh, God, help me not to, to be in lust. <laughs> help me to walk a pure path towards the altar. Until we get help, there. Pray that she would say yes. <laughs> um, but, and I remember, um, Asked, having a conversation with a godly man, and he said, uh, and I asked him, how do you know the difference between a right woman and the right woman? Because I, I had it in my mind, you know, God has a plan for me. He's got the right, perfect woman just picked out, and I don't want to mess this up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt for sure Tina was definitely a right woman because, you know, she can't be as right as she is and not be right for me. I mean, she's beautiful and godly and challenges me and doesn't put up with my mess, you know. And, um, and you know, his answer was fairly simple but pretty profound. It wasn't what I was expected. He looked back at me and said, the difference between a right woman and the right woman is this. You get down on a knee. You ask her to marry you. If she says yes, that's that's the the right one. (laughs) And I I was so shocked by that. He said, just think of it. Of all the people in the world, how many of them are are looking, are ready to make a life-changing decision to commit to a spouse? Plus, how many of those actually meet the desires of your heart of what you believe God's called Mm -hmm. you to look for in terms of Mm -hmm. not just a woman who's saved, but a woman who's growing in her relationship with God, who's fully surrendered to missions and who's actually willing to consider spending the rest of her life with with you. you. That really narrows the field. (laughs) And the fact that God put you two together at the right time, then 
just living out the will of God and saying, okay, God, I want to have a godly spouse. Um, and But there's a point where you have to take that step and be willing to put things into action and mm, to yeah. trust that that uh, God's at work in this. Right. We, we, as we've often said, you know, God moves, he steers a moving car, not mm. one that's in park. And, you know, um, and as we mentioned earlier, sometimes it's more out of a lack of faith or insecurity that we don't proceed. Right. You know, than it is really, um, you know, just feeling that need that I have to be right. I can't make a mistake. Then, then really just being in fellowship with the Lord and walking in the spirit you know, trusting him mm -hmm. to really, you know, that as you seek him and trust him, he will make your path straight. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite verses. Mm -hmm. Proverbs three, five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Yeah. Sometimes there's that fight with our flesh too, mm. you know, in that. And I was thinking about um, how, uh, we were newlyweds and, um, we had an opportunity to do a mission trip, short-term mission mm -hmm. to South Africa. Mm -hmm. And you were all excited. You had been before, you knew everybody and you're on the, on the war path. And, um, and I, I was like, I thought we were going to be in ministry here. I thought we were going to go to seminary and then go overseas. You know, I, I kind of had a certain thought process order mm -hmm. to it all and um and order was not my strong suit then or now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <laughs> um so but um you know uh there was things in me of of but wait a minute, this isn't going according like a my my thought process, my plan or whatever. Um and yet in prayer, even though it was really rubbing against my flesh um, it was something that was like, no, God was like, no, Tina, I'm leading you through your husband right now. You know, it's not that he um, has missed the boat or, or anything. You know, this is something that um, that's a part of that. And, you know, if you read in um, in Exodus, you know, God brings the Israelites out of Egypt and it says, you know, it's it perfectly says God didn't. You know, to get from Egypt to Canaan, there was a d pretty much direct route, mm -hmm. you know, just north. Um, but he didn't take them that way. And it specifically says because they weren't ready to do mm. battle yet. Right. You know, he, he they weren't prepared in that way. Um, they didn't know him personally. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, and so often I think so many people could look back on their life and say, I definitely went the long way around. Sure. You know, we definitely went through a wilderness mm. uh, experience from getting to point A to point B. Um, and I would say we're still not at point B <laughs> in a lot of ways, you know, living out life. And, well, our you know, mindset that it, is that God's trying want, to get us to a certain point when actually what he's doing is building a relationship and transforming us mm -hmm, absolutely. into the image of Christ mm -hmm. wherever we're at. Mm -hmm. And that's been the beauty to discover that, that it's not so much that I think oftentimes I had this mindset and a lot of people do. Um, and it's a misconception that God has a certain destiny in terms of achievement that he wants to bring us to. He has, you know, we have dreams, goals, visions, all mm -hmm. that kind of American mm -hmm. stuff that we write down, and, <laughs> right. um, which is fine. It's For not necessarily sure. wrong so long as that's submitted to 
what is God's overall goal, dream, and vision? He created us and redeemed us so that we would be born again, Mm -hmm. filled with Christ, transformed into his image, and so that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, that we would manifest Jesus. Yes. And it's, that's not restrictive. I mean, if you look at the New Testament over and over, it, you know, you know, it says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart, do it in the name of the Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, whether you eat, whether you drink, whether you're a slave, whether you're a master, whether you're a husband, whether you're a wife, whether you're single, whether you're a child, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whatever you, you know, if you abide in me, John 15, seven says, if you abide in me and I abide in you. Ask whatever you wish. And so the the main focus is on us learning to dwell in Christ, to find our identity in him Mm -hmm. so that the spirit of Jesus fills us, that he abides in us, that he dwells in us by his spirit. So that now inside of my mind, inside of my heart, inside of my actions, Christ is able to express himself. And then there's no restriction. Now it's whatever you want, because his desires have become our desires. Our hearts, our minds have become one, and that's a beautiful thing. It really sets us free. Well, I'm really glad that God worked in your heart to say yes to to, to Mary and me. Um, and I, I agree with what you were saying earlier about how a lot of times people struggle to make a decision because of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, last night in our fellowship with Simeon, he was sharing with us about how God really spoke to him and said, you know, you know, son, you could go overseas and I'll be with you there if you want to be a missionary. You know, we're at the place now we've sown a lot into Simeon, Mm -hmm. but we're not making these decisions for him as a loving father, as a loving mother. You know, he can come to us and say, well, what do you want? And we'll give him advice, but we won't give him a final decision. Mm -hmm. No. Because, want to. because it's his, his life. life. He right. is the one who's got to live it. We're not going to pick his spouse. We're not going to pick his career path. We're not going to pick where he lives. We're not going to run his micromanage his life. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it is once you understand that God is our heavenly father and that he's made us sons and daughters, right. not slaves that need to be told what to do for every decision, but that he actually sows his his spirit into us, mm-hmm. his mind into us. Now we're free to actually make decisions. And so a lot of times Christians are wanting direction for God's will out of a sense of insecurity mm-hmm. and not knowing who they are in Christ. Right. Or yeah. the way that God wants to lead. He wants to lead us through a relationship, but he wants to empower us to mm-hmm. walk as sons. Right, right. And, you know, I think one thing that kind of stood out to me that Samin said uh, yesterday was just that um, he really sensed that the Lord was wanting him to own his decision, mm. you know, um, and not in the sense of, well, if you made the wrong one, I'm going to rub your nose in it right. at all, but that, you know, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. We're one. And, um, and, uh, that I, you know, I want you not to, to look back and say, Oh, well, the Lord drug me here or, right. you know, or I, I felt pushed by my parents or mm. whatever, but that you own it. Um, you need take responsibility and that's part of maturing and being a mature son or mature daughter, you know, in, in the Lord. We're not toddlers. I think there's a lot of people who get to a certain point in their life and they look back and they realize 
you know, I've been trying to please other people my, yes. I, I, my whole mm -hmm. life, and this isn't really the life that I even want for myself. Mm -hmm. This was a career that my parents pushed me into mm -hmm. or, um, you know, that I was trying to compete with my friends, right? you know, mm -hmm. and, and they realized, you know, just by virtue of not knowing God, not knowing who I am, not knowing how he leads me and the freedom that he's given me, because it's really freeing to remember the promises that Jesus said, you know, go make disciples of all nations, and I am with you even to the end of the mm -hmm. age. And so a lot of times we're like, Lord, you know, where do you want to go? And Jesus is like, with you, with you, <laughs> with mm -hmm. you where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, one of our friends in our small group, he was uh, he was part of a mission team that was traveling the world mm -hmm. over the last year. And one of the frustrations that he had is that many people on his team, the prevailing mindset was we can't do anything unless we know it's God's will, unless he tells us. We have a direct order right? right kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. They were looking for a spiritual prompting or a special word from God, mm -hmm. you know. For every situation. Right. Mm -hmm. He wanted to step out and minister to people. Hey, let's Remember go pray for that person. person. Let's minister healing. Let's share prophecy. Yeah. Let's go talk. And, and in there, every time he would suggest something like that, they would be like, did God tell you? Yeah. Did God tell you? Have you prayed about that? And do you, and, do and you wait, have to pray about ministering, you know, to minister right. the love of Christ to someone that, that, yeah, I mean, we're just already, we already know that from God's word. Right. The he, spirit's yearning in us to do that. He's given it to us in writing mm -hmm. um, where we need special direction is how to carry it out effectively. Often in the little details kind of. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't need, you know, in fact, I was just writing one of the verses that really speaks to this is Psalm 32, 8 and 9. God says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle or it will not stay near you. In other words, God is saying, look. I teach you, I counsel you, I stay near you, I keep a watchful eye on you. Don't be stupid and ask me to tell you things over and over again. Don't make me give you a special prod in the butt or a <laughs> tug at the bit. Mm -hmm. You don't need that. You're you're not stupid. You've got the word of God. So 95% of what we need to be to be confident of God's will is simply becoming familiar with what his word says, mm -hmm. staying in the word and walking that out day by day by day. Mm -hmm. Like when you're trying to teach people about that are new disciples or maybe for yourself, mm -hmm. what are the things that, that you do to help orient people to develop a confidence and, and assurance that I know the will of God and I'm walking in it. Um, making sure um, that you go over and there's a good foundation of that person's identity in Christ. You know, like we've kind of been talking about that um, they they have the Holy Spirit. God's word says that um, that he who belongs to the Lord is one spirit with him. Um, they're not at a at a disadvantage. God's not hiding things behind his back he you know, mm. he, he wants us to know um 
So, um, you know, that's really good. I think for a long time I had the mindset that, well, yeah, I mean, I can read the Bible, but that doesn't give me the details that I want for this decision. Like, mm -hmm. how do I know whether this is the right time to buy a house? How do I right. know which school to put my child in or whether to homeschool? Mm -hmm. Or how do I know whether I should try to start my own business or whether I should whether should get higher education mm -hmm. or how right. do I invest my, my life? Right. And, and oftentimes we're we're wanting that level of direction. And I think on one side, there's people who are like, well, God doesn't give you any direction. He doesn't care about those things. And I would say that's 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 not, that's not true. He mm -hmm. he does give us direction, but sometimes it's not the details that we want. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just the assurance of you're on the right track. Keep, keep going. Keep going. And yeah. then on the other hand, there's people that just need to be told everything because they're so afraid. Mm -hmm. They don't know their freedom. Right, right. Like as a yeah, you know, like as a grown child or a grown mm -hmm. son or daughter, you know, that um that is in, that's in a good relationship with their parents. They they kinda it's like I know he would want it done this way. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, she would have it have it go this way. Out of that um, he, because we have the Holy Spirit, we can know, you know, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And he's talking about provision, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of that context, but, um, you know, just that simple question in this situation, am I seeking God's kingdom first, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, um, when it comes to trying to decide, do I buy this house or not? Do I take this job or that job? Am I seeking the kingdom of God first? Mm. Okay. Yeah. And if, if my answer to that, yeah, and it's not influenced one way or the other mm -hmm. by, you know, this job or this job, then just pick one. Right. <laughs> but if if seeking the kingdom of God first um, is hindered by a certain kind of job and not by another, then that provides some direction for you. Right. Many times that will just, just applying the word of God in your particular circumstances. If you look over the horizon, seeking first the kingdom of God, you realize, you know, in this job, it looks like the greatest opportunities for kingdom advancement, mm -hmm. maybe not professional or career right. advancement, mm -hmm. but kingdom advancement. Mm -hmm is this path, even though some people would say, man, I'm stupid. This one's got a bigger salary and better, better right. benefits. Mm -hmm. Well, it also is asking you to commit to 60 to 70 hours a week right. on a consistent day and, and frequent right. travel on right. a regular Be away basis. From your family and, 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 you know, mm -hmm. never have evenings or weekends free. Right. Um, but this job, it takes, it's got a better work-life balance mm -hmm. and more conducive to living out, out your, your faith. Then to me, You've got your answer. Mm -hmm, right. Unless there's an internal nudge that comes from the spirit, not just from your mind, that the Holy Spirit's like, no, go into that. I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. Your family's got grace for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that internal witness that we yeah. have. And again, that's why, you know, knowing that we're one with the Lord that when we hear that voice, that's that internal witness that we can, we listen and don't just shrug it off as doubts or as that's just me or whatever. Yeah, that's really, that's really an interesting. So on the one side, there's the objective things like of, of God's word. You, nothing that God's ever going to lead you to do 
is going to be in violation of, of his, his written word. word. No. You don't have to pray about whether God wants you all to live together before you get married. That's, that's, that's just clear. out of the question. Immorality is wrong. wrong. A lot of people have the... Uh, and so that on the other side, there is the subjective aspect of sure. the personal mm-hmm. on the internal, mm-hmm. that relationship mm-hmm. that we have to navigate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do you do that? Remember, like even like buying this house, we, yeah. that was a big decision for yeah, us. Yeah, that, that came to my mind too. Um, oh, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One was I can just tell a little bit of the story of that. Mm-hmm. So we're... Um, we were apartment dwellers we were for a living long time. Apartment, yeah, and um, but and and had looked at houses occasionally, but just never felt a release to leave yet. And um, we had little kids, and but we really did have a ministry in our apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we weren't released to go right right away. Like we were ready to go after a year or two, but the Lord had other plans. So, um, but then we did. It was like, yeah, hey, we can do this, and just kind of felt a freedom and the Lord's favor in that. And, and, um, we found this house and, um, things really got excited about it. And, uh, um, and, but I remember we, we checked it out. Andy and I went, uh, grabbed lunch or dinner or something afterwards. And, um, I had to run to the bathroom and, and just were both, both kind of even asking one another, what should we do? I mean, is this okay? And the Lord was like, Tina, you know, it's okay if you ask me for a sign. Mm. Um, you know, Tina's touching on a key here. God often speaks loudly and clearly in, in the, the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's because that's when we sit still. In the actually, shower, yeah. yeah, when you're brushing your teeth or just alone, have a little bit of alone. And um, but yeah, <laughs> even in a public restroom, yeah, but it's okay if you if you ask for a sign and um, uh. And Which was not not kind of where not I mean that's not really how we rolled um and and so I came out I was really excited I was like Andy God just told me like it's okay if we pray and and we're gonna he's gonna show us it's okay if we ask for a sign he understands and just we, to let you know my mindset my initial reaction was I don't need signs I got the Holy Spirit and the Word of God mm-hmm. uh, but because God said that to my wife, it was probably, I took that as an indication of God knew I wouldn't listen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the way he phrased it, I mean, specifically word for word, it's, it's okay for you to ask. Wasn't a demand that he didn't say you, you have to do it this way, but it was a, you're free. Mm-hmm. You're free to do that. It's okay. Um, and uh, and so anyway, and I remember right after, like I was, I had a lot on my plate. I had something right, and I didn't really, I hadn't put, didn't put any really more thought to it. I just shared that with Andy. But he had some time um, um, to spend extra in prayer and in the Word. And the next day, yeah, um, I prayed. Okay, God, you know what sign mm-hmm. should I ask you for? Mm-hmm. And in my in my imagination, right away, I felt, um, I saw this picture of someone handing me an orange. And I was like, okay. So I just agreed with that. I declared, I said, well, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus that if you want us to buy this house at this time, that in this, within a week, someone is going to give me an orange. And I told Tina that, and, and she's we like, like, "Oh, that'd be that's unusual. I've, pretty specific. Like, I never have had anyone give Just, me an orange." Mm-mm. And later that week, we were shopping together. We were in Sam's Wholesale Warehouse mm-hmm. Club, like they top, were 
doing some Costco demos. before yeah. Sam's went out of business. I think <laughs> Sam's still, I don't know. I think maybe there's. I don't know. Anyway, we're Costco people now, but anyway, we went to Sam's and believe it or not, we're in, we're not even in the produce section, but this, there's a young lady with a tray full of uh, orange slices that literally walked up over to me like she was going out of her way and said, here, sir, have an orange. Like who gives, first of all, who gives away orange samples? Like people don't know what orange tastes like. like. I mean, when have you ever been in Costco or Sam's or a place like that and they're demoing oranges? oranges, Yeah. Here, taste this. And then two, when do these demo people actually just chase you down and say, here, have one. Right. And uh, so I was like, oh, she, my gosh. Yeah, she and approached Tina me. and I looked at each other. <laughs> I'm like, said, okay. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and uh, and then later through that process, um, we went, uh, we had the housing inspection. And this is an older house. And if you've ever bought an older house, you know that the housing inspector's job is to find everything Every wrong with the house. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're reading off this laundry list to us. And that night we were we're really like, like, oh, we bought, we bought a money pit. You know, or yeah. Yeah. we haven't bought anything yet. Yeah, we're but, like, maybe yeah. we should back out. Yeah. And um, we were praying about it. Okay, God, if we're making a mistake, you know, just let us we'll know. Let us know, yeah. And uh, the next morning I went out to my car to go to work and right in, in the, the parking, parking lot stall. right next to my car where i get in is an orange sitting right there he came back in and said dana come here you gotta see this <laughs> so it was god can in in this story there's a number of different things one is that as a married couple you are one flesh to god mm-hmm. so when he speaks to one of you he speaks to both of you, right. but the processing of that is really impacted by your personal relationship with God and one another. Your communication. And so, you know, we don't move forward. Part of what Tina didn't tell you is, you know, when I, uh, when she was struggling with her flesh about going to the mission field, um, was, um, I was very young in my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with with Tina, we were young married yeah. and God literally spoke to me in a way that was, you know, as profound as I had experienced up to that time, you know, because a buddy of mine told me, said, man, God hasn't called you to waste six months of your life. Cause that's kind of what I told him. I said, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels here waiting for six months so we can go to seminary. Mm -hmm. And he said, man, God hasn't called you to waste six months of your life. There are people who need to be discipled right now. They're having a revival in South Africa Mm -hmm. and they need your help to disciple people. And I was like, well, that's great. And he said, well, at least just pray about it. Well, I prayed about it and the peace of God just came over Mm -hmm. me. I like, I don't know how to explain it. And that's one of the neat things about it is that God will meet you at the level of understanding that you have. He's Mm -hmm. able to make his voice known. Um, And I didn't hear anything, you know, I just knew God was like, there was a, a special sort of peace that came over me as I asked, God, should I go? And I crawled into bed about two o'clock in the morning and, uh, you know, Tina's Asleep. rolling over and she's <laughs> like, Oh, Hey honey. And I said, how was your time? And I said, it was great. And, and, and I said, Hey, I think God wants us to go to South Africa. What do you think about that? And she goes, Oh, that's, okay. that's nice. <laughs> the next morning I'm in my office and she goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm, 
Go ahead. Good. I'm typing up my letter of resignation to hand in and like two weeks notice, right? Like, then what? She's like, what? And so because I moved so quickly at the beginning, you know, it it drew out a reaction in her of put the brakes on because um, you know, I did not was, really clearly remember him saying yeah. at two o'clock in the morning, like, we're going what? to South Africa. You said yes. And so, <laughs> you know, but for the, I guess the first month, that maybe month, maybe not quite that long that we were in South Africa, everything that she was didn't like, fault. she was angry at me about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if we didn't have good food or it was too cold or too hot or, yeah. you know, yeah. she's like, you know, she it's was terrible. angry at me about it. And, and that was, you know, we went through that process together. Um, later on in our marriage, we, we, we went through a number of different things, but later on, uh, I'll share this because I think it's important, not only that you learn how to hear the, the voice of God, but how to follow his direction and be confident as a couple. Couple, Yeah, that's huge. Because that can be, that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing for you to get confident about you hearing God for yourself. Because mm-hmm. I don't believe that God stopped speaking to women just because they got married. No. Um, and that was part of my immaturity. I didn't really give Tina an opportunity mm-hmm. to be as involved in listening to the Lord as I should have. To enter into earlier. that decision. Yeah, to own it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of moved to a place mm-hmm. where... You know, if I hear one thing and she doesn't hear uh, the same thing, then we take that either as one of us is either mishearing or maybe it's just a matter of timing before things mm-hmm. line up. Um, I'm going to put pause on on the the subject, but uh, we recently, uh, a year ago actually, changed churches, mm-hmm. and that was a, that's an example of of. Hearing, but hearing at different times, mm-hmm. but choosing to wait. Yeah. Um, I had formed a relationship with our current pastor um, several years back and really for a long time had expressed, I'd really like to start going to this church. And every time I did that. Yeah, I, was, it, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not that I had anything against him by any means, mm-hmm. but um, where we were at um, at the at that time. Um, the, um, our children were really benefiting from, um, especially, uh, they really, all three of them had opportunity to be a part of the worship team at that church. And, um, the particular person that was leading the worship was very nurturing and encouraging and and had a heart to develop young people. And, um, I can say with full confidence that if they, if all of our children really hadn't been, um, in, with Phil and in that experience Mm -hmm. and had some of that nurturing and encouragement under him, um, that, uh, they wouldn't be where they are at in terms of they lead worship now. And, um, they needed that. And I wasn't. And every time I started talking about, you know, Hey, I I really think God would have us go to this other church. The family would put on the brakes. The kids. Yeah. We just were like, but, God has us here and, you know, right. and he's using us here and we're growing here. And so, but, um, so I, I tabled that even mm-hmm. though I am the head of our family, that wasn't a threat to my manhood it, because 
part of leadership. You know, the head does, if the head goes somewhere different than the body, uh, that's <laughs> that's, that's death. Yes, <laughs> because you don't go. Don't, yeah, and just to bark out orders to the family is what you know. I didn't feel like God was leading me to do that, so I took it as a matter of timing. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, uh, last years later, yeah, or, last yeah. year, mm-hmm. um, the family started saying, bringing it back up mm-hmm. and saying, you know, yeah, I, you know, I think it's time for us to move to investigate on. We that need and more that. different mm-hmm. opportunities, different ministry mm-hmm. right now. This yeah. has been good, but the season right. for that is changing. Right. And it was, again, it was, a, it was a good move too, because it wasn't like we're disgusted with where we were. It was mm-hmm. just that, that our time to be there was done. And right. there were some things really very clearly um, God had in mind for us to do and to bring into the fellowship that we're in now. So learning to trust God and move together. There's another instance that we had something like that, and that's with uh, Chase. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, it's we had, let me let me try to get you started with uh, succinctifying. Right. <laughs> yeah, we had just gone through a failed adoption, mm-hmm. and we had. Before the failed adoption, and we had had a homeless young lady stay at our house mm-hmm. for some time. Meanwhile, we went through a failed adoption, and she got pregnant and had a baby out of wedlock, and that baby was now in the custody of social service mm-hmm. because of her lifestyle habits, and she approached us. Right, yeah. And, um, you know... I was still grieving and, you know, I didn't even realize, you know, I knew, knew I was grieving to some degree, but not the depth or the intensity of it. And, um, uh, our loss, um, previously, but the, um, but in prayer, you know, as, as we're considering this option, um, I, I, the Lord was like, you don't have to be afraid. Mm. And, um, and was just comforting my heart of, you know, don't, don't be intimidated. Don't, you know, don't, don't, you don't have to be afraid. Mm. Um, but that was all there really was to it. And I, I shared that with Andy and as the Lord shared it, with she had me, asked us to consider adopting her, her child. His name was shade. Right. And, and asking the Lord, it was in that context, you know, but it, he, you know, it was just like, um, don't be afraid, but it wasn't, don't be afraid. Go do it. Right. Well, <laughs> I had the sense to know Tina not, might not be up for this. But mm-hmm. when when she prayed and came down and said, well, God said, don't be afraid. I took that to mean, hey, man, great. We're going forward. We're going to go ahead and adopt shade now. Mm-hmm. You know, we went through this failed adoption. But here's the, you know, the honeypot at the end yeah. of the trial here's another or whatever, one. you know. Mm-hmm. We went to our first meeting with all the social workers, the current caretaker and all that sort of thing. And the current caretaker was talking about making arrangements for Shade um, while she went out of town for a week. And I was like, well, why don't we just keep him? You know, because he's we're going to adopt him anyway. And they made all the arrangements, got in the car and Tina looked at me and said, why did you do that? And I was like. Uh, do what? And, you said you were going <laughs> to adopt him. Yeah. And I was like, you said God said don't be afraid. So I ain't afraid, you know. And But long story short, she was just not in a good place. We kept him for, maybe it wasn't a week. I think it was a weekend. Um, and my loving, joyful, gracious wife 
barely touched him, barely talked to him. And when she did, you know, it was like that and that child. And, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was so hard where she was emotionally. Mm -hmm. She felt like it was being forced on her and, and that threw me into a tailspin. Right. Because, yeah, because we, you know, you had thought, let's, let's, this is going to make it all better. Tina wasn't rebellious. She wasn't saying, you know, there's no way I'm going to do this. She literally said to me, said, look, if you're confident I am missing the will of God, that this is this is definitely the child we're supposed to to adopt, I'll go through it. But you're going to have to put me in counseling mm-hmm. because the way it makes me feel is that you want this adoption and don't care at all for me. And so she expressed her true feelings. feelings. She was honest with me. She wasn't putting her foot down. She wasn't being rebellious. She was letting me know where her heart was, which put me into a pickle because I was like, I'm ha- I, I understand that. But my problem is, how do I, where do I go from here? Because mm-hmm. without blaming my wife. Right. And I was really She's afraid the for the first time in my life that I was going to be, become bitter towards her. She um, put the stop to it, not the right. enemy, not God, wasn't not somebody the government, else. wasn't the right. mom, wasn't anything like that. And right. I wasn't prepared for that. I was still, you know, going on business trips and things like that. And I was on a business trip and I started praying and God showed me something. He said, when are you going to stop judging your wife's walk with me? And start owning it. And here's what that meant to me is that I felt like I had heard from God that all the signs were aligned and that her heart was just not in a good place. Therefore, we should just keep moving forward. We're going to both stuff her feelings. I'm going to stuff her feelings. I'm going to ask her to stuff her feelings. Um, And then we'll sort it all out at the Mm -hmm. end which is kind of the man's way of doing things sometimes. And mm-hmm. that's stereotypical and not always true. Um, it had been true in our marriage and some times in the past where I had made some mistakes. But here's, here's what ended up happening. God said, when are you going to stop judging your wife's walk with me and start owning it? And I realized what he meant. You know, Christ won his bride by giving her himself up for her. He went to the cross for her. And I realized, you know, that Jesus, he doesn't judge our walk with him. He actually owns it. And so with all the missteps and all the frailty that rather than him, you know, standing on high and saying, you didn't hear the voice of God, you're you're letting your emotions, you know, whip you around. You should just, you know, whatever. That he basically said, hey, listen, I'll bear the brunt of that. And I really was able to let it all go to say, you know what? This is not the right time for us or for our family or for my wife that my first and foremost obligation, you know, I can't just hear God for mm-hmm. me. We don't, I don't yeah. just have a lot with God and Tina have a lot with God. Mm-hmm. We have a lot with God. Especially and, when it comes to children and raising children. Uh, <laughs> you can't yeah. do that. You're, yeah. you're going to just raise him? <laughs> yeah. I want to be a blessing to her and to build her up. I don't mm-hmm. want to destroy our relationship because I think I hurt God. Mm-hmm. What good is it for a man if he gains the whole world and then loses his own family, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, uh, that's a key for me of, of, husbands and wives 
seek God together. And if you're on different pages for big decisions, sometimes it's okay. Like the other person is literally okay. Like, that's not what I'm hearing, but I'm okay with the right. fact that you heard it. We can move forward. I, it won't be I told you so. I'm willing to to trust in what God's shown you. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have, um, and that's good if you can do that because, you know, we have scriptural precedent for that. Sure. Um, Paul, it says God, God gave him a dream of a man in Macedonia. Yeah, and Paul got the dream, but then if you read the next part of the verse, it says, so we concluded God had called us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God didn't give everybody on the team the dream. The dream. Mm-hmm. He just spoke to Paul, and they were connected with Paul, and the relationship was enough to lead him forward. But in this situation, my wife is desperately saying, I need to put the brakes on. Mm-hmm. Please. I, I, I don't know why, but I just don't feel like that child is my, <laughs> my son. Yeah. God reminded me, you know, we're one flesh. And so you don't, you need to stay together here. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Hey, hopefully from this, I believe you're going to be able to draw out some lessons that you can apply to your life about staying in prayer, listening and staying in the word, applying the word in freedom with the confidence that God is with you, mm-hmm. that he will tell you it's his responsibility. If he, if he has details that he wants to fill in, it's his responsibility to make his <laughs> voice clear. I mean, when you're a parent, and you know that your kids are listening, or halfway but, listening. but they're not really hearing you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a big you person. Get, you can make you can make your voice I can get heard. Your attention. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so, just trust God to get your attention, to give you the direction that you need. But don't demand that He run your life for you. Mm-hmm. That's not what this is about. God doesn't want to run your life. He wants a relationship, and He wants to be build into yeah. your life. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what it really brings it down to is Philippians chapter two, verse 13, where it says mm-hmm. it's God who works in mm-hmm. you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm-hmm. So God works inside of you. And so those questions about is it me or is it God? Listen, if your life is aligned with him in prayer, in the word of God, if you're seeking to love him and fulfill his, the mission that he's given to us, seeking first the kingdom. You can trust that the things that you want to do are part of the way well, God yeah. works He's in you. you. Yeah. He's worked it in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. The, that verse too. Did, did you read that earlier about the in the Psalm of um, He'll give you the desires of, you know, putting, I didn't read that. Yeah. But put that is same thing, putting your trust in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Exactly. Because um, that's the way He likes to work, He likes to fashion those things in us. He wants us to desire things. Mm-hmm. And so he works him. the very desires into themselves us. into mm-hmm. us. Um, so that's an amazing thing. So, brothers and sisters, we hope this is encouraging to you. We love to do these podcasts to help our brothers and sisters, sons and daughters in the family of God, to learn how to walk in their identity in Christ. Uh, so we encourage you, if this has been a blessing to you, to rate this on iTunes, to be, um, check us out on Facebook. There's a Sons and Daughters uh, podcast group where we're gonna where we carry on the fellowship there, have additional discussion uh, and fellowship. So we encourage you if you're not uh, look that up and join that. 
Uh, and then also uh, check out our website, fullspeedimpact.com. We have an online mentoring program called the Full Speed Impact Academy, as well as uh, over a dozen books that are available through Amazon. So if this is encouraging and a blessing to you, uh, check out the additional resources and share this with other people. So, hey, God bless you. God bless everyone. Have an amazing day. <laughs> Walk with Jesus and impact the world around you. In Jesus' name.